I'm starting a series of lessons over the next three weeks that I've entitled An Excellent Spirit. And this morning specifically, I'm going to be talking about playing the hand that is dealt to us. And my text is Daniel uh, chapter 6 and verse 3. It said, then this Daniel distinguished himself above the governors and satraps. And, and you might be asking a great question right now. What in the world is a satrap? It's, uh, it's next to a sand trap. And so if you're a golfer, it could be problematic. But uh, no, a satrap is a local ruler under a governor. And uh, because, because the, uh, uh, Daniel distinguished himself, how? Because he had an excellent spirit that was in him and the king gave thought or considered uh, setting him over the whole realm and even over all of the governors. And so uh, we can see here, this is, this is many years into to Daniel's life in Babylon. And uh, by the time that we get to this season in Daniel's life, uh, we, we know uh, because we've, we've read of the different tests and trials and uh, temptations that he has faced. Uh, uh, what a what a testimony that Daniel has. He's, he's known in Scripture as the Prince of Prophets. Uh, he's one of only two men in the Old Testament uh, where uh, there's nothing that you can find a flaw in his character that's not written about it. it. I'm not saying that Daniel was perfect, but I'm saying that his character was above reproach. And, and it's, a, it's, a, it's a real important aspect to uh, the way that God used him not only in a powerful way to impact uh, all the various kings that he served, but to really preserve and, and a faith in a foreign land. And, and when we, we consider the life of, of Daniel, I know that many of us can think about Daniel and the lion's den, and, and we're aware of God's great deliverance in his life at, in that particular time. But there were uh, so many different uh, threads that were woven into Daniel's life where, where he could have become bitter and he could have become angry and, and really uh, had a hard heart and a, and a sour disposition about life and about the life that, uh, that he was to live. But that's not how he handled the various threads and, and the different things that came into his life. He handled them with grace and with dignity, with honor, with excellence. And, and we're going to discover uh, some of the things about Daniel over the next several weeks that, that should inspire us uh, during the, the challenging and difficult seasons in life to take the highest road possible and, and to know that, that God is for us and with us and walking uh, in that season and, and through those circumstances. So as a teenager, I want to remind you that he was, was taken captive by, by King Nebuchadnezzar from Babylon. And this was one of several harvests that the Babylonians came into Judea and Jerusalem and, uh, and, and took the brightest and the best of that people group and, and took them back uh, to really uh, sort of repurpose and to, and to, uh, change the way that their worldview was and their faith was. But there were exceptions to to the rule that even though the Babylonians' intent was to brainwash and to to sort of rewire the thinking of the youngest and the brightest and the best and to try to groom them into the way of the, the world and the way of Babylon – that there, God always has the people preserved unto himself. God always has those that, that aren't going to defile themselves. They're not going to bow down. They're, 
they're going to stay true to the Lord no matter where they are or what's going on. They're, they're not going to take uh, the proverbial carrot that's in front of them. Uh, and, and Daniel is one of, of these individuals that no matter what was presented unto him, no matter how attractive, no matter how nice the package was and the promise of promotion and, and prosperity, uh, he stayed true to his heritage in the faith. And, and he was the same. And, and he was consistent in the way that he behaved. And because of that, we, we can see that God used him in mighty ways. So he was separated from his, uh, his family, from his friends, his neighbors, his community, his country, his school, even his house of worship. And I wrote in your notes that in a moment of time, Daniel's surrounding changed. Everything changed very quickly for him. Yet in spite of... Of all that changed, Daniel did not allow it to defile or contaminate his spirit. He handled every test, trial, and temptation with faith and confidence in God. I wrote there in, uh, once again, your cliff notes, that Proverbs 22, 1, it's a great reminder that a good name is to be chosen rather than great riches and loving favor rather than silver and gold. Now, while Daniel... Daniel was not in charge of all the cards that were dealt unto him. One thing that he did choose, and we can see here in Proverbs 22.1, he chose to maintain the integrity of his name. He, he made a decision that when people think of Daniel, that they are not going to think poorly, but they are going to have something of substance to think about. And that he was a man of integrity and he was a man above reproach, and he was a man that was honorable. He chose that. Now, he didn't choose to go into captivity. He was taken as a captive. Uh, he didn't choose where he was born or who his parents were. But he did choose in the midst of that to maintain a good name, an honorable name, a name that would glorify the Lord. And this is a very important truth for us because... Um, in our lives, there's times where we want somebody else's life. We believe that if we had their life, somehow our life would have a completely different outcome and have a different dynamic. But not if we don't choose to be people of substance. Not if we don't choose to let godly character be developed and forged in us. And, and the only way that I can see in Scripture where we can have a testimony is when we've gone through a test and we passed it. The, the only way that we gain strength is when we feel weak and we lean on him. The, the only way that we become wise is by acknowledging we need his wisdom and counsel and understanding. So we have to make choices. We, we didn't choose the hand that was dealt unto us. You didn't choose how, how tall you were, the color of your eyes. You, you didn't choose that. That, that was all part of, of God's sovereign predispositional plan. And, and you, you may not like, you, you may feel like you're out of time and out of place and, and you needed to be born in a different season and, and two different people and in a different family and, and have a different path. But if you allow yourself to go down that road too long, you're, you're not, you're going to despise your life instead of rejoicing and being thankful for the life that you have. You're going to get off track. Uh, we're in the month of November. Many of us are thinking about gratitude, appreciation, thanksgiving. And, 
we should be thankful. We should be thankful in all things, in all circumstances. Give thanks for this is the will of God for us in Christ Jesus. One of the things that, that hinders us from having a spirit of gratitude or thanksgiving is when we're looking around and, and I could look at Isaac and said, God, I wish I had as much hair on my head as, as Isaac does. There was a day that I had that much hair and curly and, and it was great, but, but that day isn't now. And I can look back and say, it's just not fair. It's not, not fair that, that my hair receded and that, that I lost some hair and, or I can give thanks for the 20,000 strands of hair that I have and bless them and thank God for them and, and count it all joy. There's just always a choice that we have. And those are easy illustrations for us to identify with. Um, but we, we at times struggle. We look at other people and think, you know, they just, they born with a silver spoon in their mouth, uh, you know, so to say. And, but that, that's not the case. That's not the case. If you had somebody else's life, uh, you, you may want yours back pretty quickly. You may want it back pretty quickly. And you might recognize that the life that you have really is a very, very good life. So here's some testimonies uh, from the kings about Daniel that, and when he was serving in Babylon. This is what they, they had to say about him. And he served under four kings. I, I, I note that, that Nebuchadnezzar was a Babylonian. His son, Belshazzar, was a Babylonian. And then you guys are familiar, you're good history students, you know about the rule and the reign of the Medes and the Persians and, and how, how powerful that, that regime was. Well, they were so powerful that they overthrew the Babylonians, which was a, which was a, a mighty, mighty struggle for power in the earth at that time. So if you, if you know anything about the Babylonians or the Medes and the Persians, they, they're not people that, that have Judeo-Christian values. Uh, and they don't, they don't acknowledge God as the one true and living God. They don't acknowledge the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And that's, that's the setting in which Daniel was placed. And that's where he flourished. And that's where he prospered. There's a, there's a scripture in the book of Proverbs that talks about blooming, blooming where you're set. That that you have, you, you may not have chosen the field, but you can make that field more fruitful by the way that you engage and live in that field. And, and that's what we're called to do. That's, that's our calling. And while Daniel was in captivity, uh, he was, he was part of the people group that, that were being judged for previous generational sins. That a day came in God's prophetic timeline where he told his people, since you're not going to honor or respect my ways or my commandments, then you're going to be taken into captivity. And you're going to come out of that captivity and you're going to go back to your homeland. But there's going to be 400 years of captivity. Daniel was a part of that season. The mindset for most of Daniel's contemporaries was one of sorrow. The book of Psalms talks about the Hebrew people. They won't sing in the land of captivity. They won't sing in Babylon. They won't pray in Babylon. They won't worship in Babylon because their hearts are heavy because they long 
for their own homeland. And then the Lord breaks forth in the midst of where they are and they get a new song and they begin to understand that they are going to be there longer than what they thought. They were crying out to the Lord for deliverance and the Lord said, where you are, where I have placed you, the things that I have permitted to take place in your life, I want you to marry and I want you to teach your children how to marry and I want you to plant fields and I want you to build houses and I want you to have vineyards and I want you to prosper in the land that I have placed you because you're not leaving for a while. And they had a reboot and a reset. They had to learn how to play the hands that were dealt unto them. They were trying to trade in their cards to the Lord to get him to move quicker than what he needed to move. So he said, you guys, you're going to have to figure it out where you're at. You're going to have to work it out where you're at. You're you're going to have to live your life the place that you're currently occupying. And they learned how to do that. And they learned how to infiltrate those different nations, something they should have been doing for quite a while, and impacting other people groups for the glory of God. And in the world and in the changes that we're experiencing as a nation, things are happening at an accelerated rate. Not only is knowledge increasing, just the values and the morals within our nation are changing rapidly. And a lot of people don't like it and they're disgruntled and they're angry and they're frustrated and they're, and they're taking it out to a degree on other people and they're, they're laying a case before the Lord as far as why they don't feel this is right and why things need to change. And I want to say the Lord is going to say the same thing to us that he said to every generation and that is you have to play the hand that's dealt you. And you have to play it with wisdom and grace. You have to you play it with integrity. You have to play it with excellence. Because I've called you into the earth and I placed you where I have placed you for a purpose. And that is that you would let your light shine and you would impact people that don't know me so they could know me. In the life of Daniel, in each one of these testimonies that the kings had about Daniel, I'm not going to read those. I'm going to ask you to read them. But every one of the king's mind was changed because of one man and his witness for light. They began to say, there's no other God like the God of Daniel. Nebuchadnezzar says it. Belshazzar says it. Darius says it. Cyrus says it. And every one of them acknowledged there's no God like the God of Daniel. What if Daniel wouldn't have liked the hand that was dealt him, would have got bitter, said, I'm not going to interpret your dreams. I'm not going to serve you. I'm not going to do anything for you. You uprooted me from everything that I loved, from all the people that I adored, from all the values and morals that were instilled within me. How dare you ask for my help? How dare you impose your will on mine and think that I am going to bow down and submit and, and, and honor your authority. But that wasn't the spirit that Daniel had. 
And Lord, help us not to have that spirit. Daniel passed those tests. I, I wonder how we're doing Christians as a nation passing some of the tests that we're encountering right now. How is it impacting our attitude positively, negatively? How are we responding to the things that are going on? So I want to remind you of some of the things that Daniel chose. Is that okay? Daniel chose to forgive. He chose to live in the present. He chose to pray at all times. He chose to honor authority. He chose to be a witness for God. He chose to play the hand that was dealt him with an excellent, with an excellent spirit. So interesting caveats about cards. How many card players do I have in here? How many of you like playing cards? I enjoy playing cards. I, I love a lot of it. How many, how many cards are there in a deck? There's 52. How many weeks are there in a year? There's 52. How many different suits are there in a deck of cards? There's four. How many seasons are there? There's four. How many cards make up a suit? Thirteen. Thirteen makes up a quarter of a year. Four quarters make a whole. Within that game of cards, there's also a couple of interesting people that show up. We don't really know when they're going to show up. We like it when the ace shows up because it can be high or low depending on what you're taking. And sometimes different seasons are high and low. But you've got to play the hand that's dealt unto you. No one likes the twos and threes. We don't think they have much value. But the twos and threes are very important because without them, you can't have the four, fives, and sixes. You can't make a good run. Sometimes you get a two and a three and you think, boy, I wish I had a jack and a king and a queen. No, no, no. Use those twos and threes. Don't despise them because they partner really nice with four, fives, and sixes. Some people feel like it's not fair. I didn't. I, I, I'm not a person of high profile or interest. But then occasionally in the course of our life, a little joker shows up. We never know when this rascal is going to appear. And we didn't invite him. We didn't say, come on in and mess up my hand and mess up this season and this situation in my life. And a joker can show up in many different ways. A joker can hit your finances. There's nothing funny about a joker hitting your finances or your family or your health or your workplace. And yet if that card shows up, it's not there by accident. And we better understand, all right, how to deal and how to handle the joker at that particular moment. And so there's always a couple wild cards in life. You know, things that we never forecast, never imagined, never thought would happen to us. Well, they may happen to other people, but of course those reprobates, those horrible sinners, those wicked individuals, of which does Daniel fall into any of that? Was he a wicked? Did he plant the seeds that caused him to be taken into captivity? No. But he handled the season in which he was in very graciously. So most of the time in a lot of common card games, let's just throw out a number that are usually a number of cards that are usually dealt unto us. It's usually seven. Three, four, five, six, seven. Right. And you pick up your hand and you look at your hand 
and you begin to do something very interesting, at least I do, I wonder what's in somebody else's hand. And if you're a card counter, you know that they got seven, three, four, five, six, seven. Now, you don't know what they have until you start playing out the game. And then you start counting, well, God, they got a, they got a, a bunch of hearts. Or they're making a run in spades. Or boy, they really want the big cards. And, and because of that, you play your hand according to their hand. That's sometimes not a good thing to do. You just gotta play the hand that's dealt you. Now I'm not saying it's not wise to know what's going on around you, but I didn't deal out the cards. Four, five, six, seven. Let's remember what the number seven denotes. Completion. This is what you get. Use them well. Play them well. Be wise. Be prudent. Keep your integrity because this person's hand is different than yours. They may have some twos and threes, but they're probably going to be of a different suit. They may happen in different seasons in their life, different circumstances, different situations. You can look at somebody else's two, like they have a two of hearts and you have a two of spades. And while they could pair and and be good partners together, they don't flow together. They're of a different kind. So be content and be blessed and be happy with the hand that is given unto you. There's trouble in around every corner. Three, four, five, six, seven. We look back at history and say, gosh, that guy was really given three, four, five, six, seven. Really a good hand. I have to count out loud otherwise. I just don't do a very good job. <clears throat> That's the way I deal cards. And like real card people are doing it in their head and I'm irritating them because I'm counting out loud. Four, five, six, seven. Don't let other people irritate you by the way they live their life or the way they play their hand. Just pay attention to the cards that are in your hand. So I, I have... My cards here, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I like what I have. I have, uh, I don't have a lot that looks the same. It uh, looks really diverse and different. Doesn't make a lot of sense. That's okay. You'll know what you need to do when you need to do it. That's right. You know what you need to do when you need to do it. And that's God's promise to us. So playing the hand that's dealt unto us. I want to give you an assignment. It was just an overview this morning. Would you read Daniel 1 through 6 with me? For the next couple of weeks. And we're going to look at. A man with an excellent spirit. And would you put yourself into that setting? Just use your sanctified imagination. Imagine one day you're riding your bike down the street. And the next day. Someone comes to your home and accosts you. And you have five minutes to grab your most precious belongings. And you're put into. A whole new world. You travel to a whole new culture. 
away from everything that's familiar with you? Would you be tempted to be angry? To be mad? To be bitter? To blame God? I think we uh, all know the answer to that question. But I think if we maintain an excellent spirit and guard our heart like Scripture teaches us to, then in all of our ways, He can direct our paths. Thank you for listening to today's message. We hope that it encouraged or inspired you to God's best. If you have any questions about today's message, need prayer, or would like to learn more about Living Word Fellowship, please call 641-828-7119 or visit us at lwfknoxville.com.